0: Hello and welcome to the After Ellen podcast. I'm your host, Editor-in-Chief Jocelyn McDonald, and I'm here with one of our writers, Claire. Hello, Claire. Hi. How are you today? Okay, yeah. Glad it's Friday. Um, yeah, what time is it in Scotland?
1: It's 10 to 6, which means after we finish recording this, I will be having a gin and tonic.
0: Nice! Okay, um yes, it's it's quite early. <laughs> I, I will be enjoying some nice hot water with honey and lemon. So Claire, how how excited are you about today's topic? Oh,
1: I'm pretty keen to get into it because okay. there is a lot of going to cover. We so, are Oh go ahead. <laughs> we are going to be talking about two big things that happened on Tuesday the court ruling in favor of Kira Bell and Mrs. A in the case against the Tavistock Clinic and the coming out of Elliot Page as transgender.
0: Yeah, it was a big week in gender identity news and the case of Kirabell Bell uh, um, versus the NHS versus the, the Tavistock Clinic um, is sort of a um, foil for Elliot Page is coming out as, uh, you know, an an iconic lesbian actress coming out as a man slash they, as a he slash they. Yeah. Um, It's quite. Within hours of
1: each other. It's quite interesting. So if you look at journeys with sexuality and gender identity, they've kind of gone in opposite directions. Like Kira identified as transgender and male. And she transitioned and now considers herself lesbian woman, whereas an actor was known as Ellen Page, came out as lesbian and have now transitioned to he, they pronouns and the name Elliot. Mm hmm.
0: Mm hmm. So Kira, I, I was just listening to an excellent interview with Kira Bell on Megan Murphy's Feminist Current podcast. So anyone who is interested in hearing her experience from her own um, perspective, you should definitely check out that podcast. It's, it goes quite in depth. And what she was saying was that she had been a tomboy. She had started feeling isolated and alienated from the people around her, starting at a very young age, because she just couldn't fit in and do girly things. She just couldn't bring herself to conform to the expectations of other little girls her age to wear dresses or to play nice or to do any of these things. She wanted to, you know, play with boys or or these stereotypical boy things and so when she was gosh was it 14 do you remember off the top of your 14, head she went to the doctor and she had incredibly low
1: self-esteem mental health problems but instead of picking up on these issues she was referred to the Tavistock clinic where
0: they well, quick quickly define t- tell listeners who are not from the UK what is the Tavistock clinic
1: the Tavistock clinic is part of the NHS Trust which is the National Health Service in Britain and it is a gender identity development service and since 2005, far back as that, some of their clinicians have said in internal review that they have felt pressured to refer patients for treatment too quickly. That's been quite a consistent theme in how they have operated And of course, you see how that's played out in the case of Kira Bell, because she was prescribed puberty blockers at 14 or 15 and cross-sex hormones at the age of 17 and then had a double mastectomy at the age of 20, all of which she now regrets. Mm-hmm. and it seems so she's 23 now yeah she's 23 has to live with the implications of this for her whole life like the possibility of never having kids all these kinds of things because the decision medical pathway was put her onto when she was a young teenager
0: mm-hmm. so it's it's partially so interesting about the Tavistock clinic because you guys have a nationalized health system you uh, the tavistock clinic has been in many ways much more conservative than any of the gender identity development services that you would see in the states or even in canada the tavistock didn't start prescribing puberty blockers until 2016 whereas you know you could be prescribed puberty blockers as a preteen you know starting as young as 10 years old in America, um, you know, going back 15 years, we have a much longer history, probably because these are elective procedures for which, you know, doctors can make a shit ton of money, whereas on the NHS, obviously, all of your taxes go to funding, um, funding all of these services. So perhaps, you know, culturally, there was a little bit more of a rear break applied. To yeah. use a motorcycle metaphor. <laughs> yeah, that surprises me about the States, actually. I was aware that if
1: doctors prescribed these drugs, they would profit from it. I had not mm-hmm. realized just how young a child could access these drugs in America.
0: It's truly wild. It's truly wild, especially because not only is no one talking about the uh the implications for sterilizing young children but not not only are we not talking about it we're putting the children on national television so that everyone can gawk um and and you know privately be like wow this is this is wild um while publicly being like oh yeah of course of course you should transition a child because they like to play with boy toys or girl toys Um, There is something I've always found incredibly horrifying about
1: American reality TV. mm -hmm. Children are exploited as a source of entertainment, which they are far too young to be capable of understanding how or why. You see it in things like these shows around little kids being put in pity pageants. Mm -hmm. It's just mind boggling
0: yeah and in these shows it's as much about the kids as it is about the stage moms and we all look at the stage moms and we are laughing at the intensity with which they micromanage their child's you know every minute, wakeful minute um but really that is not that shouldn't be a source of entertainment it's disturbing it's like you're witnessing abuse in real time and um instead of you know pathologizing it you're 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 being entertained by it it's disturbing
1: yeah and i felt that way about show around as jennings as well because mm-hmm. it's, it's an incredibly difficult thing to have your childhood your teenage years play out as a source of entertainment mm-hmm. and be consumed by millions of people never mind complexity of working out your own identity like that's hard enough without being in front of a camera all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. And what was done to Jazz Jennings is similar to what was done to Kira Bell not because Kira Bell has a stage mom it sounds like Kira's mom was more accepting of her gender nonconformity, and she felt that others outside of her family were unaccepting of it and that's why she wanted to you know move forward with transition but what's similar is that the doctors are so for some reason quick to assume that a minor a child could look into the future and decide it's okay that they could never achieve orgasm or that they they would be fine living with vaginal atrophy you know things that women experience as a uncommon side effect of menopause experiencing those things as an eighteen year old girl and living the rest of your days trying to um to account for these decisions that you made as a preteen.
1: Yeah, um, because there is not really any way you can explain to a child the implications of well one day you will probably never be able to have a child of your own. You mm-hmm. will never be able to experience sexual pleasure. Like a child has doesn't have the scope to understand a decision of that magnitude.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't know. What means. Right. A child doesn't know what sexual pleasure means and a child thinks of babies as, you know, having dolls or 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 something like that. You couldn't possibly understand the implications of of having such a fundamental human drive deprived of you um when you're literally in like seventh grade. Yeah. Um, so Kira Bell, what another thing that's interesting about Kira Bell's story is that she didn't take a path that a lot of people who get a lot of young children who go into transition early take, you know, a lot of young people discover gender identity through Tumblr and through Reddit forums, and it's a becomes a self replicating phenomena where um, where adults who've transitioned encourage you to transition to cut off your parents if they don't agree other children um, you know encourage you to move forward with not just blockers but then testosterone then um, having your uh, mastectomy or whatever Uh, top surgery they call it Um, these are sort of aggressive ways of getting the group that you're in to participate in, um, even more. And it sounds like that wasn't really Kira's experience. She really had very little um, of of that until after she was already trans. And then she was able to observe the other voices that were in the trans community, the you know, the sort of trans rights activists and the more vociferous, voices that are calling for deplatforming, are are calling lesbians gatekeepers, are calling you know, anyone a turf if um if they even for a moment question the idea that sex is difficult to, to define. Um yeah yeah and it's it's become very pervasive on
1: social media too because I use TikTok tech- oh, casually. I'm like one of the old on tiktok now 28 mm-hmm. i'm considering ancient tiktok standards but it is so insidious this trend of adults inviting children mm-hmm. to contact them mm-hmm. without parental knowledge mm-hmm. and it's done in a very positive way like hello i'm your new uncle come in my house have these snacks i'll take care of you
0: and it's just like any other context we call this grooming Right. Which is exactly what it is. And it's and it follows the same path. And anyone who took a moment to look at this with squinting eyes would see it for what it is. So, you know, what? the other thing that's really interesting about this case is that the ruling against the Tavistock Clinic is not that they cannot give puberty blockers to children anymore, or that they shouldn't be you know, giving cross-sex hormones to minors that would permanently sterilize them or, you know, cause all of these side effects that they couldn't possibly have informed consent for. The ruling was simply that more resistance, more questioning. Go ahead. Because these
1: are new and experimental drugs and we don't Mm -hmm. know the full long-term consequences of puberty blockers. Mm -hmm. The judges ruled that we would recommend that Come to courts and go through the courts rather than just a purely medical pathway. So there is now another potential barrier to this push to medicalize children.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think the the other thing that Needs to be pointed out about Kira's case is she had 10 total counseling appointments over the course of her transition. There were three one hour appointments prior to her being prescribed puberty blockers, another couple before she was given testosterone, and then another couple before she was given a mastectomy. And so, you know, what this ruling against the Tavistock Clinic is asking for is more than the literal bare minimum. And in the, in, in the United States, I mean, 10 counseling sessions would be considered quite a lot. You can walk into any Planned Parenthood and, you know, say that you're trans and receive your gender affirmational care quite quickly, mo- much more quickly than, you know, the process that they've outlined as gatekeeping in, um, in the Tavistock Clinic.
1: That and so... Is- Astounding in so, in so many ways. I think we've got quite different cultures, particularly around healthcare in the UK and the US. And When I was reading Kira's story, she gave an incredibly moving interview to Raquel Rosario Sanchez, which has been translated and posted on a Women's Place UK's website. What I found so mind blowing really was how little attention she had from the doctors before they decided mm-hmm. we are going to put you on this medical pathway mm-hmm. and it's shocked me that her self-esteem and mental health problems were not put up on by doctors as a potential issue or you know source of her wanting to tr- transition
0: mm-hmm. yes and so
1: was a real failure in duty of care, I think, for Kira okay. about. So that was what yeah, was made absolutely. her victory in the court such a special moment.
0: I think what was so, in- another thing that was so interesting for me a- as I watched the aftermath of this is Susie Green choosing to die on this hill. I mean, Susie Green got on whatever nightly news show, and I love journalists in the UK because so many of them are just willing to be assholes and ask uncomfortable questions and i don't know who i don't remember what journalist Susie green was speaking with but basically she was like you should absolutely give kids puberty blockers as soon as they want and the woman interviewing her was like well that's not what the supreme court of the uk said (laughs) <laughs> and Susie Green's like well, you know, kids will commit suicide if you don't give them puberty blockers right away That is something they'll...
1: Yeah, that's a really There's recurring no theme with that. Mermaids, they were posting oh, that really. on Twitter too, there you give the kids puberty blockers or they'll, they'll commit suicide and that is terrible binary it's also, suicide is a very something is quite suggestible so to spread that out plant those seeds of ideas in people's heads it's a very dangerous thing to do to make it into this kind of zero something when actually there's room for nuance, there's room for conversations how do we as clinicians live up to our duty of care towards these young people rather than just making it this absolute nightmarish extreme the kids are going to die mm-hmm.
0: Um and, and and the Tavistock also released statements saying that they were disappointed in the ruling and I just think um the media ha- um failed too to cover this adequately. For instance, you were mentioning um before we hit record on this podcast the Guardian's lack of coverage.
1: Yeah, they were quite slow to post, and that was something I found. Quite significant, especially when you saw how quickly their stories about Elliot Page went up. And they recently lost, I would say, one of Britain's finest columnists, Suzanne Moore, who has been a feminist writer for at least 20 years. She's brilliant. And she has been writing for The Guardian. Um, Her position there became unsustainable after 338 of her colleagues started a campaign of. Targeted harassment. And then she left afterwards. And she said one of the reasons she decided to go was because they have known for years all of the things that were uncovered in the bill ruling at court, but were not allowed to report on them, even as a case of medical malpractice. And that's just, there aren't really that many issues where investigative journalism is just quashed at every editorial level like that well, what's the point of I mean,
0: not ask questions i mean the spirit of investigative investigative journalism is supposed to be that the truth is the ultimate um the the reason for your pursuit in the first place and it doesn't matter what that truth ends up being that's yeah. what you re- it, it, whether it you know goes against society's values or mores or whatever or or your own if you've discovered you know um facts if you've uncovered facts then you have to report them
1: and these facts they've been out there for a long time since 2005 clinicians at the Tavistock Clinic have said they are concerned about how quickly they're pressured to on a medical pathway. That's just been such a consistent finding. There have been whistleblowers, there have been reports, and yet there has been a relatively small amount of coverage around that. And the question of what's covered and why is quite interesting to me, because I can absolutely understand, like, Elliot Page is a globally recognisable actor. They're famous. Um, So, yeah, they're going to be considered newsworthy. It seemed really significant to me, but also you kind know, of sadly predictable that Kira Bell who is not famous, she's not white, she's not rich, she's not any of these things. And so, yeah, she is not, who would be defined as newsworthy by our society compared to Elliot. But at the same time, I think another reason. this disparity in coverage was because Kira's story does not fit into that feel good box it's a complicated and painful story it's difficult it raises serious questions about what happens when we as a society or medical professionals fail in our duty of care towards a young person
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so Uh, The the intensity of media coverage regarding transgenderism has been um, only – it's only growing. It does not seem to have hit a peak. And so for the media to have this different angle that would obviously generate controversy, you would think that they would make this ruling against the Tavistock Clinic – front page news you would think that this would have all sorts of implications for articles about society or about identity as well as health and technology and instead the it it seems like the like you were saying the narratives that the coverage of trans identified people are actually acceptable to the media is just coming out stories over and over and over again coming out stories because they end up with the the affirmation that someone's living their authentic truth or that someone's life is about to be returned you know turned around someone who was living in hiding in a prison of um you know trans closetedness is suddenly free um that that is a story that can be told countless times but the story of one woman who whose life was turned upside down by this and who's since you know had organized efforts to turn to turn that around and prevent it from happening to other young lesbians or or any young person um it's just horrible
1: i think that's the difficult thing, the transitioner stories, um, maybe because they run completely counter to this positive and happy narrative of a coming out. They mm-hmm. um, require you to really think a bit more deeply about how gender functions in this society, or what if it's not just quite straightforward and simple as a happy coming out story, what happens after that? Um, it's a more challenges us this idea that gender is not quite as simple or straightforward a path as we've thought
0: mm-hmm. well the media says the, the media and trans rights activists are united in one narrative around detransitioners and that is one detransitioners don't exist and two true, if, detransitioners were never really trans in the first it, place yeah, yeah so either there aren't there aren't any or they weren't really trans and i guess the third thing is that the the detransition narrative is a conservative ploy to discredit the legitimacy of um a born this way gender identity it's wild think if it was a conservative ploy would really have picked young black
1: lesbian as the face right. of this like <laughs> right. yeah doesn't seem the likeliest choice
0: um yeah and, and i mean if you look at most of the other detransitioners they're mostly young mostly lesbians um although i'm sure we'll we'll start to see detransitioners across across every spectrum of um gender expression sex and class identity because of the sheer number of people who are are jumping into this and then uh, and, and not being met with any kind of backstop I mean if anybody could just ask the question you know do you want to do this because you are depressed or because you don't like your life yeah, and that's the thing. There has
1: been such an
0: incredible rise
1: in the number of referrals of girls for transition treatments. It used to be that the majority of transitioners were male to female, but in the last decade, the balance has shifted dramatically. There's been a 4,400% increase in the rise of girls referred to transition treatments. And when you see shift of that magnitude, you have to ask, what is prompting this change? Why is there mm-hmm. such a dramatic uptake? Why is this happening? And you also have to think, why are so many of these girls? Why are they so many lesbians? Why are so many of them autistic? Why mm-hmm. are these the types of people we are so ready to push onto a medical pathway?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think it's really interesting uh, the way that Ellen Page coming out has been um, has been reported and uh, and commented on in uh, basically just the internet because obviously that's the only place life happens now that we live in <laughs> permanent quarantine. But you know, within minutes of of Ellen Page's announcement that you know, she wants to be called Elliot and, and she has both he and they pronouns. Um, Google has updated, uh, if you type in Ellen Page, it just re- uh, immediately re- um, says It's Elliot. To the Elliot
1: Page Wikipedia, yeah. And,
0: um, it was and very then, quick. Yeah, and then there's like hundreds of articles about how Elliot Page coming out is a historic moment and how this is the the best thing for transmasculine identities this is the this is the moment for transmasculine identities that Caitlyn Jenner's moment was for trans women so it's it's wild to me in part because you know Ellen Page's career has been um, kind of stalled other than her appearance in the Umbrella Academy she hasn't done Okay, Jocelyn. I
1: think this is where you and I are going to start to disagree. Oh, um yeah. Paycheck was starred in some really spectacular films, like the I X-Men know.
0: franchise. I love the X-Men okay. franchise. So, but See, it's, that's what I'm asking, because she has she hasn't been in the news lately, and now all of a sudden, when people are writing about this, they are acting like you know, Elliot Page is a megastar, and they can't wait to see all of the, you know, the way that Elliot Page will dominate the screen as a as a trans man.
1: Well, the X-Men I mean, films were actually, you know, they were blockbusters. So yeah, I would say movie yeah, like, star status. Also, uh, like awesome. alternative films, alternative films, like say, you know, that was Page's debut. And I find that quite interesting because films like, Juno you know, about teenage pregnancy, is about the consequences <laughs> of inhabiting, of inhabiting, a female body, and the misogyny, you know, the character experiences, the judgments, the highly gendered judgments that were almost entirely on, Juno you know, not on the baby's father, and mm-hmm. a film a really touching way, pointed out a lot of the sexist double standards that permeate your society. Then Mm -hmm. I would say other film pages most famous for would probably be Freeheld, which was a film about a lesbian relationship, a young woman's relationship with a slightly older police officer Mm -hmm. who had cancer and Mm -hmm. that character, the policewoman who had cancer, wanted to make sure her partner received her benefits. The reason this would was in jeopardy because it was a same-sex relationship those were not recognized as valid or legitimate by the police force
0: yeah and i'm i'm not saying that was not uh the the movies are yeah they all i mean my point is they all have quite powerful things though and absolutely and you know i i love hard candy and i think just to um just you know that movie is about what it means to inhabit a female body i mean it's about a teenage girl who traps a predator and that story is only compelling because fucking teenage girls are always getting trapped by predators and yeah you know, it was a them- very satisfying reversal of the very very
1: usual dynamic of like an older man being on a younger girl she completely flipped the script the character. Right. Played- page and it was was powerful because it really leaned into comfortable territory in terms of power abuse and exploitation Mm
0: -hmm. i'm just saying that i don't think the media cared too much about ellen page recently until this happened and now they're saying that ellen oh sorry elliot page is like the messiah Okay, it's like. Yeah, it
1: is a bit of a shift. Like, as far as I'm concerned, first Ellen Page, then Elliot Page, like, as an Mm -hmm. actor, Mm -hmm. deserved, you know, quite a lot of the accolades, which were largely missing. I think um, I want to see this actor
0: celebrated for acting as well as just, you know, the coming out. Mm-hmm. Exa- that's exactly what I mean. And see, and, and this is where we really diverge because I don't think that Ellen Page <laughs> could act her way out of what people say. And I oh mean my, that. I mean. But Jocelyn, uh, yes, did you well, not
1: see My Days of Mercy? Did you not no, see My Days of me. Mercy?
0: No, okay. I wouldn't. Okay, go on. Oh,
1: do yourself on. a favor and watch it because that has the best lesbian sex scene of pretty much any film I've watched in many years. So. And
0: when yes and you and you sent as much in your review for After Allen you you gave it a a very um I good gave review. it a positive
1: for Fear yeah because it was powerful I mean okay there was this plot centered around um the activists against the death penalty and it was a wow. very compelling political story it was quite sad it was very sad actually because it was a family that had been torn apart by male violence it was also a very compelling love story between Paige's character who was a young woman with very little money, very little social power. His father was incarcerated for her mother's murder. And Then on the other side, advocating for the death penalty, you had Kate Mara playing mm-hmm. this very polished, pearl and twin suit wearing conservative young woman with peach blonde hair and a whole lot of money going to law school and they were like at opposite ends of the political spectrum There was still this sizzling attraction between them so it was you know it was a good film on a number of levels
0: mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i should probably give it a chance just for the what is apparently the best lesbian sex scene that that alone should make it worthwhile should sure, like you know- afterwards i really needed a minute <laughs> oh oh man well I, I should give it a try you know my um well yeah i just i still and will never stop thinking about the the sex scene in disobedience where rachel vice spits into rachel mcadams as well. <laughs> i
1: mean i've read the book i've
0: not seen the film but they left that part out of the book oh really <laughs> um <laughs> yeah no i think there was like a lot of improv going on um i think that, that it was yeah it was a pretty intimate moment for the actor um <laughs> i'll say so you know even before ellen page came out as a lesbian in 2014 she had a dedicated lesbian fan base because of these roles like juno and hard candy and um Wh- whip it where Kitty x-men yeah and so the characters were powerful women. They were assertive, and um but also women that didn't fit
1: quite neatly into the box of mm-hmm. what Hollywood usually does to female characters. So I always felt like it was an interesting actor to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. And so when she came out as a lesbian in 2014, it was this huge deal for the lesbian community it was like affirmation of a beloved actor who everyone kind of shipped uh or or you know wanted to be a lesbian and then she was and it was like oh my god this is <laughs> breathtaking you know this is the best thing ever and i think that one of the interesting reactions is when elliot page came out as a man a lot of lesbians felt grief around that and felt yeah. like a huge lesbian icon was now, um, not only was this icon not a lesbian, but he was never a woman in the first place. And several people, you know, with large platforms specifically said, Elliot Page was never a lesbian. Stop crying, you turfs, because Elliot Page was never a lesbian. Even though Ellen Page came out and said, I'm gay, on a stage in front of, you know, on, on the world stage, in, in addition to on the stage representing HRC or whatever in 2014. So it's a, a cultural gaslighting in yeah, a major that way. Is beautifully put because, as absolutely as a loss, I mean, I've been
1: told several times that we shouldn't care whether Elliot Page is a trans man or a lesbian woman. Um, like, it shouldn't matter. If that were true, None of us would find it significant when an actor came out in the first place. Like we still live in a world mm-hmm, where exactly. homophobia runs rampant and is continues to be, even in big 2020, a powerful thing when someone uses their platform to say, I'm gay, I am lesbian, and takes away a little that stigma. Like that's why we care when someone comes out. That's why we kind of have that space in our hearts mm-hmm. for lesbian icon like page and so us yeah it absolutely does feel like
0: loss and i mm-hmm. think like, well and trans and queer people understand this or they wouldn't give a fuck when anyone comes out as queer or trans yeah. the desire to have representation well first of all it's why after ellen exists it's why all of these gay and lesbian websites exist because otherwise there would be no reason at all to, con- to consume or talk about media that doesn't have straight people in it or isn't straight based um and so they know they know how important representation is but they hate lesbians and that's really where they don't have empathy for what it what it would feel like to lose a lesbian icon they they hate lesbians they see lesbians as gatekeeping the experience of uh sexuality i mean they don't believe that that sexuality is anything other than fluid they don't believe that there is such a thing as people who are exclusively attracted to one sex or the other because they don't believe this is real so this this reaction on the part of the queer and trans community to lesbians being sad is so transparently hateful toward women and toward lesbians and all that it the end result is just you know people clapping and basically rubbing it in lesbians faces it's like no one fucking cares about your feelings you're um yeah you're you're all invalid yeah i think that
1: denial refusal to acknowledge that on some level this is going to be painful for some lesbian woman is mm-hmm. is rooted in as being very low down the priority in the LGBT community and I think if the reverse were true, if say trans men had decided you know, actually fuck it I'm a lesbian women hmm. I think you would see quite a few transgender people in the community people in the community being like this hurts, you know I right. think would like to think be a big enough person that I could see, yeah, I understand why This is painful for you so don't think the same grace is extended to us it's difficult it's really difficult because it does feel in some ways like we've lost another member of the community we've lost a role model and I'm going to take a minute to grieve that when many many dirty white men on the internet are going to swear at me as a consequence I don't care
0: If a trans man, that is to say a a female who came to identify as a male, then came out as actually re-identifying as female or as a lesbian, for instance, it would be exactly what we were talking about before. The reaction would be, well, that never happens. When it happens, it's insignificant or you know, you're just doing this to undermine transness and you were never trans in the first place. And so the their reaction, you know, we're sitting over here feeling grief because the lesbian community is losing uh, an icon a daikon. Like <laughs> they would be enraged yeah. at the audacity of a woman having called herself trans in the first place when clearly she was never trans if she was going to re-identify as a woman later it's a difficult
1: thing because Elliot Page is in what was formerly a lesbian marriage which now if Elliot Page is a man that's a straight marriage it's a heterosexual marriage um and that is to me my thinking it's quite difficult thing to absorb Hmm.
0: yeah and I think Oh, I think we also need to think about uh, another one of the re- interesting reactions by the media and by trans rights activists is, you know, we've seen a lot in recent years of prominent trans voices demanding that trans roles in films be played by trans actors. We've also seen trans um, people demand that cis quote unquote cis roles be played by trans actors. And I can think off the top of my head of many bit parts that trans women have played of cis actors. I can't think of many of the reverse where trans male, like female to male, trans identified people are playing um cis male roles. And so, you know, when we think about what is Elliot Page going to play now, this is pretty problematic first of all Elliot page is currently in a show and the role is a woman right i mean i haven't mm-hmm. seen have you seen umbrella academy If yes, no okay well i'm pretty sure that uh the character anya is a woman mm-hmm. and 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 i think that because i've seen i've already seen articles that are like umbrella academy fans are upset confused whatever as to how elliot page is going to return as the same character like are they going to transition the character or is she actually going to be playing a woman even though she's a trans man
1: yeah it's kind of it's very new territory in terms of what we're supposed to think with media because on one level i'm sure there'll be people who would like to continue in the show i think will also be people like isn't this um isn't expecting a trans man actor to play a female role denying their identity on some level and we don't really know where we go from there
0: Mm -hmm. so we've seen we've already had the opportunity to see this play out a few times when a, a character who Uh, um, changes their identification after filming and so one one good example i can think of is in good girls there is a young Mm -hmm. butch lesbian character um who is who transitions um in the second season and and in real life um transitioned and so the character had to transition and it was a really convenient plot point because all of a sudden you know there's all the monetary concerns of the of uh that come along with hormones and treatments and such like that so it was actually a, a perfect plot device and it made a lot of sense for the character's motivations um then there's asia kate Dillon who came out as non-binary i think that um gosh her role was on billions and just knit black was yeah, uh, but I don't think that she was non-binary when she was on, um, when she was on Orange Is the New Black.
1: Yeah, yeah I think the announcement of the coming out was after that. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah, and so that was, and so that was in billions. Um, and so I don't know, um, how. Asia Kate Dillon's career is gone. I mean, th- this is another actor who like sucks the life out of every screen. I mean, I don't think that Asia Kate Dillon could act to save her life, but, um, you know, when when we look at Elliot Page's potential roles, you have a few non-binary roles that will no doubt be either side characters in. Um, in prestige television we're going to see plenty of those roles but they're probably not going to be leading roles you have the opportunity for leading roles in indie films that are about coming out as non-binary or trans or about the struggles of being non-binary or trans the same way we see you know opportunities for movies that are about being lesbian like in the recent happiest season because this is a you know a prominent lesbian movie it's a it's the only lesbian rom-com well it's not the only lesbian rom-com but it's one of very few lesbian rom-coms and it's about coming out mm-hmm. um, so there's not going to be a lot of roles um for a 5-1 actor who is extremely tiny and extremely effeminate looking and um to to play a leading man you know we're not gonna see um i don't know how we would see Elliot Page in leading man roles. I think. That- be honest, I have to confess,
1: I'd rather see a film with Elliot Page in a leading man role and say like Chris Pine, Chris Evans, uh-huh. Chris Hemsworth, uh-huh. any of the infinite boring white dude cresses there are in right, Hollywood. Right, right. So, like, I I would be up for watching those films if they mm-hmm. happened. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. i'm Not sure. Like, it really depends partly on what each wants to do career but also also on offer and I think you hit a really good point because there are so many limitations in all LGBT storytelling in the mainstream we get really really hung up on the coming out stories Mm -hmm. and it's the same like characters Hollywood has this absolute fixation with black suffering so like yeah we're going to tell black stories but they're going to be about slavery or they're going to be about violence against black people you don't I think this is true for pretty much every kind of marginalized or minority group. Um, There's still such limitations on what stories we are allowed to tell and how, and I think, like many actors, Paige will probably continue to come up against that in their career, yeah, which is a mm-hmm. shame.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just taking a look at, like, Ellen Page's roles, I mean, I'm, uh, Inception was a huge movie. yeah. Uh, and obviously the um X-Men movies were huge. Thank you. Huge.
1: I am glad you're giving X-Men the respect it deserves oh, oh, as a franchise. I mean,
0: I, yes. I mean I i don't watch a lot of superhero movies, but I understand that they gross millions and millions of dollars. But you know, let's see well, like X-Men X-Men's popular because it was a brilliant analogy for like being gay or being black.
1: That Do we go with liberal ideas endorsed by Professor X of trying to win over people and be respectful? Or do we be like Magneto and say, fuck the system, I'm taking this down, mutant liberation? And that is a brilliant metaphor, like based on the relationship between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And yeah, anyway, it's political, which is why I like it rather than the superhero thing
0: yeah um right okay so it looks like my days of mercy grossed is this right could this be right um 51 51 million Um, well i'm always
1: astounded when i read these things of just how much profit is in it that seems
0: unlikely sorry this is a this is a completely nonsense site that I just. It's not five point one million, maybe more like that. Um, there's not information on on a, uh, uh, so I think or, like or it d- wasn't like blockbuster. Was but it straight and prime respectably,
1: and it came out on Netflix. So I would say it's made a reasonable profit.
0: Oh oh, oh. um, well you know when we uh. uh yeah, so it did go to cinemas. I mean, basically the uh the reason that I care about numbers like that is it essentially tells us how many people watched it, not like how worthwhile the film yeah. was. But in terms of the reach, I don't think that um, I think it's going to be really hard to come up with roles that are um, that are on the level of her fucking role in Inception. Elliot Page I just think that most of the parts that are available are going to be side characters or they're going to be specifically about um about about those trans-specific or non-binary specific struggles and um you know what matters to me about that is when liberals come out and say well if there's not enough trans narratives and non-binary narratives it's because the industry needs to change and And they don't go
1: and see these films
0: yeah right but what's so nonsensical about that is that the movie industry is a market like all things under capitalism the the demand for these stories is what's going to drive them to be made and that goes back to what i'm talking about with like box office grosses if you 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 can't say that there's something immoral about not having trans storylines if people don't want to go to the box office and watch them it's not that the movie industry is moral or immoral it's a market I mean obviously it's immoral. It it puts out all sorts of insane propaganda and horrible narratives and <laughs> and things that are um you know demeaning and and things like that to all sorts of groups all the time. But it it is unconcerned with ethics. It is only concerned with money. And yeah, you so can you- tell by like rampant sexual
1: abuse in Hollywood right. Right. which recently exposed they are not concerned about ethics. And there's still so many limitations on how stories are told around like gender and sexuality. Women's roles were still basically shit and sexist, if I may put it bluntly. So I don't. I would be pleasantly surprised if there was um, more scope for Elliot Page to have roles in Hollywood. I would really like that to happen. But Hollywood is also kind of cesspit in so many ways.
0: Mm mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not um, there's just not a huge population of transgender people, transgender identified people. I mean, I just found a, an article from 2016 that says one point four million adults in America identify as trans. Obviously, that number is exploding um, because of the things that we were just talking about, the social contagion aspect of it among young girls in particular. Um but, you know, when we when we talk about the Hollywood needing to change to um, to create more of these narratives, there's just there's going to be a lag in that the majority of people watching movies are not uh, craving those storylines. And and it's the same reason that we have hardly any lesbian movies. It's yeah. because the majority of people aren't lesbians. They're straight. Which is why well, we have kind of a lot lesbian? of kind of low budget indie films which i
1: don't know i think you could attach a name like elliot page to a small indie project you have the potential to radically alter its reach so maybe maybe it could work out as a positive
0: yeah and and you know elliot page is entitled to do whatever with their life and their career it doesn't um have any limitations in scope I just think that the, the most interesting thing about this is the way people react to who is allowed to play what roles and what roles are even going to be available yeah and- that's been quite controversial with lesbian stories too that's like in terms fine. of should it be a gay
1: actor should it be a lesbian actor is it okay for a straight play a lesbian character um especially considering that- lesbian actresses are kind of pushed out as a consequence of sexuality becoming known in the industry. Mm. So that came up as a bit of a theme in Ratchet while we were covering it. Like oh, yeah. Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Paulson were talking about what a difference it made for them to be behind the screen. Cynthia mm. Nixon's character was meant to get killed off quite early on, she mm-hmm. is surviving and she is thriving because they went to the team That's and a said, team. You cannot do this. This is just recreating
0: <laughs> yeah. dead lesbian character <laughs> trope uh, Yeah. Character, yeah. Right. So and, yeah. And I mean there's the option for Elliot Page to direct and to produce, and it's not only about acting. Certainly life is long and careers are winding and wild. But it is very interesting the the media hubbub that has been created around well, this one thing i'll be interested to see what elliot
1: page is what 33 years old now will mm-hmm. that thing of um all the roles drying up when you turn 40 happen right. or yeah. because elliot has transitioned will the hollywood studios oh. be like actually this is a man you can still have roles
0: wow that's a good point yes that will be interesting to see play out
1: I hope we'll, that I hope that Elliot Page's career continues to you know thrive, but I also hope we can ha- we can stop doing that thing where we decide cause straight men think a woman is fuckable when she is no longer like looks like she's twenty. Um, we stop casting them, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, honestly, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to watch it play out. I mean, I'm much more interested in Kirabel and I wish that we would see that play out in a greater degree of spotlight. I don't know how to get people to care about children being um, ritually sterilized. Well, I think the there's government. also the issue of the incredible,
1: just how controversial this topic has become because like, a lot of journalists in the UK will have seen what happened to Suzanne Moore think I mm-hmm. could speak up at what cost. And I think you've got that in pretty much every industry, people who maybe feel a bit conflicted about the idea of medicalizing children, mm-hmm. but also are worried about um, things that have happened to women who have spoken up against this, like adopting the death threats, the rape threats, the loss of jobs. It, it's just completely a um, cost attached incredibly hard to hear mm-hmm. so I can understand why would people reluctant to speak up raise mm-hmm. their voice
0: mm-hmm. um, yeah and I, I look forward to the conversation being expanded to the United States the way it has in the UK I mean the, the energy level in the UK for people to question and to push back against uh, gender identity as a concept has just been so much more robust than it has in the states ever and i think and, and what's so disturbing about that is that i think there's going to be thousands of kira in america yeah um, there's, there's going, going to be to have- plenty more
1: kira in the uk as well
0: there's going to have to be class action lawsuits against these clinics that refer children to puberty blockers under the age of consent and to cross sex hormones under the age of consent before anyone will finally start questioning if it's appropriate to um, to believe that, you know, gender is a lobe in your brain and everyone is born in the right body or in the wrong body. And if you're born in the wrong body, we immediately need to medically intervene with surgery. And there's and a really
1: principle. poignant thing that Kira said in her interview. She said, there's nothing wrong with my body. All I needed was somebody to tell me that there was nothing wrong with
0: my body. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. 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 We need to um, tell more people that, but it's not... Um, profitable so
1: no there's no money in that for the doctors in the United States or Mm -hmm. indeed for big lobbying organizations like Stonewall
0: Mm -hmm. or or here at HRC or um, ACLU even and yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of money to be made in saying the opposite in, in saying that there is such a thing as being born in the wrong body and that your true authentic life can be accessed through medical engineering
1: yeah it's such it's difficult i think because we live in a time where beauty standards body ideals are becoming less realistic and more restrictive than ever before like photoshopped images are everywhere editing on social media accounts like post- pictures influencers post they all give kids such unrealistic body standards mm. i think i don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing such a huge increase in the number of people who believe they've been born in the wrong body a time where body ideals are just becoming so polarized and Excessively gendered, mm-hmm. like femininity has become all these ideas about how we should have a thigh gap, or
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: those clavic <laughs> you know, like Eliza Schlesinger joked about it—the clavicles you could drink soup out of—and all these wow. things like you should be able to do with your body that are promoted on social media, and it's just—it gets very intense.
0: My clavicles, <laughs> I wonder. Nothing. They're not. They're not. At all. <laughs> um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think that is um, another really interesting thing about the Elliot Page uh, story, too, because Elliot Page is obviously gender non-conforming insofar as as ellen page she was a lesbian that's the most gender non-conforming thing you can do as a woman i mean that's your baseline yeah. is you're supposed to be heterosexual so not being heterosexual means you're gender non-conforming if you take a look at the way that ellen page presented you know occasionally wearing suits Wearing more natural makeup than the average highly sexualized or hyper glamorized woman on the red carpet. You could say that she had kind of a tomboy look, but you couldn't say by any stretch of the imagination that she was Butch or that she occupied a female masculinity. And so that's accurate. Ordinarily, when we see people coming out as trans, uh, when we see women coming out as trans, we often see them having a long history. Of being masculine, um, presenting, if look, or if you look at the
1: like paparazzi shots of Elliot Page back in the Ellen mm-hmm. days, um, mm-hmm. you're quite often wearing very loose t shirts, a baseball cap, very baggy trousers, and it's like I think but possibly widely circulated images of Ellen Page with light makeup and the kind of slightly mm-hmm. androgynous suits. I think as an actor they subject a lot of the pressures they on women in terms of what you're yes. going to look like when you're on the red carpet so possibly that's not how yeah. they would choose to present in their everyday life you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah and who knows if the choices that she wanted to make were different than the choices that her managers or agents or whoever was helping yeah. her encouraging her or trying to manipulate her into making you know femme it up try to be a little bit less uh gay jesus what are you jodie foster you know like, <laughs> wear a little fucking makeup you know like i we don't know what was going on behind the scenes to make um ellen page's look more or less gender non-conforming it is interesting because when you look at the way that bruce jenner came out as caitlin jenner when bruce jenner came out it was To when we saw Caitlyn Jenner, it was a complete transformation. There was no vestige of maleness left. The surgeries had already been done, the makeup applied, the um, bathing suit, you know, was on. Like Ellen Page's last Instagram pictures before this are of heavily glitter makeup and long, beautiful hair. They're not you know, they're not, okay, I started by getting a, a boyish haircut, or here's me in my flannel and my boots, like, there was, there was no um, pre, there was no preview of this transition. Mm, I see what you mean. Although
1: I am really hopeful that one day we will live in a world where better all of these things and makeup or whatever can be as readily associated with men as they are with women um see your but point will there. Never We're not will there never
0: yet. the reason that will never happen is because of transgenderism because the whole point is that only if you like glitter you must be a girl and you know it's illegal to wear pants if you're a woman because clearly ellen page was wearing suits and now she's a man so you know. Clearly it's implication. Seen, but, uh, yeah, there, there's an implication that of the things is. like suits, being married
1: to a woman, all of these right. things, what a man authentically does. So of course, Paige has to be a man, which right. um, is actually quite
0: progressive view to take on gender. So misogynist. And in it, and I mean, it's it's so easy to go back and say, right, Ellen Page was wearing suits. Of course, she was. Just, it was just a matter of time before he came out, you know. And and it's like, um, yeah, wearing pants is not illegal. Women are allowed to to wear whatever they want. But the but this ideology is is cementing the idea that any shred of gender nonconformity means that you are the opposite sex which is mm-hmm. again indefinable without circularity like you know sex it, is a feeling sex is a spectrum
1: yeah but, and this yeah. idea that if you identify the things that are closely associated with masculinity you must inherently be a man like feminism has spent the last 50 years at least trying to say that anybody of any sex right and right. present or live their life in any way it has absolutely nothing to do what body they have you know Mm um gender is this thing that's socialized and imposed upon us it's not innate Mm -hmm. it's something we're forced into and now we're being told actually gender is innate and we have to you know somebody feels deeply that they're male then they're of course a man rather than questioning okay but what is masculinity what is femininity and why are we attaching these things to sex bodies
0: mm-hmm. yeah and um gender is in the in the eye of the beholder right so yeah. you know elliot page can feel whatever about um sex or gender but when ellen page is out in a beautiful suit and makeup everyone's gonna say oh spicy hot ellen page lady and you know only only retroactively are those suits interpreted as male suits and in the same in the same way with with kira bell um you know, she has re-identified as a woman. She sees herself as a woman, but the reality is that the testosterone that she was on for several years and the fact that she had a mastectomy, she will be seen by other people as male for a long time. If you listen to interviews with her, you can hear that her voice is incredibly deep. And if you if you called her on the phone and she picked up, you would be like, oh, um, Mr. Bell, you know, that's a man's voice um indisputably and so that's going to be something that she lives with for many years as she stops taking testosterone she may never um you know the the virilization of her voice or of her body may never be completely gone and so whether she wants to be seen as a woman is irrelevant because strangers will see her as a man from you know yards away
1: yeah there is um there's always going to be that issue of perception and sad because like for kira obviously those consequences are going to be a lot harder to live with and say an internationally famous movie star she doesn't have the money or the power or the resources that are potentially going to make this period of transition a more comfortable and positive thing for Paige.
0: yeah yes yeah, honestly, I think Kira is gonna have a, Kira. The worst is over for Kira. Like, she is such a cute butch lesbian. Like, honestly, she's so handsome, and I think that some some like devoted uh, lesbian is gonna be like, "You're a hero. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're volunteering there, Jocelyn." I mean, maybe, but. <laughs> Also, Kira is twenty three. She's ten years younger than me. That's that's repulsive. Come on. Um yeah, i I sound like a cradle robber in a and a lecher when I talk about that. But no, she's like I think she's going to um she's going to have uh, a, a much better time now finding love or or being loved and appreciated for who she is, regardless of, you know, the virilization of her voice or other superficial things like that. I think that absolutely. Um, her, her beauty is very easy to see as a as a person not specifically you know her looks
1: yeah and there are so many that's one of the things i found so uplifting uh, not just the outcome of this case but like it was crowdfunded how many oh. women put money into this and supported kira how many women showed up in court for kira even in the middle of a global pandemic like kira has a lot of women in her corner and me included i think that is beautiful
0: yeah absolutely i do too and i think that um yeah will will as more Keira bells emerge in canada and the us and other countries that have fast tracked Gender identity, then we'll hopefully see a great rallying around of these women and lots of support for getting justice for them. Yeah, I hope we do. Confident we will. So, have we anything left to say about uh, these these gender identity issues, Claire?
1: Hmm. Just that, even though they've gone in different directions, I absolutely wish Irabelle and Elliot Page well on this new chapter of their lives
0: that's very sweet i agree i think I, I just hope everybody um is very satisfied with the lives that they're uh building for themselves because you only get one chance at life so you gotta do it right the first time pretty much <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, this has been the After Ellen podcast. This was a really long one. I I just want to say thank you to Molina, our podcast editor, who's got a lot of work cut out for her today. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Claire. This was a really good discussion in uh, my... Um, I feel like my... Um, perspective is so challenged by yours since we agree on so much and then we disagree so violently on other things when it comes to (laughs) pop culture you and i just have wildly divergent tastes. yeah um but i appreciate you so much and thank you so much for uh for, for all of our listeners for giving us feedback and letting us know what you think of these podcasts and um you know Give us review on iTunes and like, click, subscribe, all that that shit. Thank you. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. <laughs>